This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we saw the defense play, um, you know, like they were, they came to play uh, in the last game against the Bengals. And, you know, we know that there has been some chippiness going on. And uh, Roquan Smith was asked on Wednesday about the chippiness and how they, they were going to come out and play on Sunday. See you Sunday. That's my favorite thing, Cordell, is that, you know, look, he didn't he wasn't giving the Bengals any type of bulletin board talk, but he was he is basically saying I'm all action. I ain't doing a whole lot of talking, you know, but uh, Patrick Queen was another guy that pretty much acknowledged, you know, that there were some guys that didn't like each other out there and that, you know, they felt like they needed to show that whatever they were doing last year, because obviously they had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball last year. They weren't about that this year. And. Obviously, they won the first matchup in Baltimore, lost the second one. But if you start looking at, you know, if you break down the numbers, defensively, they they played pretty well. Now, obviously, they had the three turnovers that they had to, you know, they gave up touchdowns for those. But that was a short field situation. Outside of that, the Bengals really wasn't doing anything. And, yes, there were some missed um, throws from Burrow and and there were some open guys. But – I listen, sometimes it is what it is. Joe Burrow was a number one overall pick. And so I'm not going to make any excuses that the defense might have had some breakdowns there. But the fact that he couldn't connect with his guys to me is a, is a Joe Burrow and Bengals problem and not a Ravens problem. So, you know, clearly there's some bad blood here going on between um, the defense and the offense and uh, uh, bo on both sides. But this, the, the Ravens defense. And the Bengals offense seemed to have the most beef <laughs> in terms of like what's going on here. And so, you know, I am interested to see how this is going to go. Like I said, in the last segment, you had some Bengals media say, well, both sides of the ball came out pretty vanilla. And I'd argue Cordell that the offense of the, the Cincinnati Bengals is not different difficult at all it's not a difficult offense they have two number one guys at receiver so how they run this offense is nothing you know out of the realm it's nothing like what we see with kansas city or anything like that it's a basic offense but it's run well because of the players that they have and so um when asked about that because obviously you know there was let me let me preface this. There was a bulletin about how the Bengals have played this season. 
And their their two worst games were against the Ravens. So um, ironically, against the Browns and against the Steelers as well, they were the next in line of the worst that the, the Bengals have played. So clearly your divisional rival knows who you are, knows how you play, and there's an advantage there, right? So the Bengals, you know, struggle against teams that they play on a regular basis. Now here you are playing the Ravens defense again, back-to-back weeks, they already seen what you had going on because you've played all of your starters because you did not want to do the coin flip and all of that um, to get home field advantage. So I feel like that there is something to say to, to have some momentum if you're the Ravens' defense going into this game. I'm not saying that the Bengals gave them everything that they, they you know, had. I'm just simply saying that outside of what we saw, I don't think that there's like a whole – different playbook that they have available. I think that what we saw is what the Bengals typically do anyway. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I, I agree. That's kind of was my logic. They took the shots down the field. They attacked. They, yep. went, they went to all their better players. And, uh, you know, they, they gave Jamar Chase and T. Higgins opportunities. You're right. You know, I, I think that uh, – that the Bengals, while they may not have shown their entire playbook, you you kind of got the gist of the things that they want to do. They are who they are, and their offense isn't as necessarily um, as creative as a Kansas City or anything like that. But it's the players in this offense that make it so good. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and you've got maybe the best wide receiver core in in all of the NFL. So. Um, is is and Joe Mixon, even though they haven't run the ball well this year, Joe Mix Joe Mixon is a big time talent at his yeah. position. Um, and the offensive line has gotten better, and they're dealing with some injuries. Alex Kappa looking looks like he's probably not going to play. They're already down Lyle Collins at right tackle. So the Ravens, first and foremost, have to win at the line of scrimmage. Got to yep. do it. Got to win at the line of scrimmage. That's the that's your way. That's the kind of weakness in this in their armor right now is is right there at the line of scrimmage, which was their Achilles heel last year as well. And you talked about the Bengals having their worst outings against pretty much the entire AFC North. I don't think it's a coincidence that that's happening. And if you look at it, the common denominator between all of those teams is that they're all physical. And, yep. and I think that's the one thing that they struggle with. They they struggle with going up against that level of physicality. The AFC North division might be the most physical division in all of football. There's a reason why they're going up against these teams and they're not able to just run circles around them the way that they are everybody else. You start getting hit in the mouth a couple of times, you slow down. And so that's what this division forces you to do. So, yeah, I, I do think that the defense has a little bit – of a, a, I don't want to say advantage because I still think that the Bengals' offense is so elite that it's is, is going to give this defense problems here and there. But I think that this defense is going to give them problems as well. And while the Bengals' may offense may be the better side of the ball than the defense, 
Uh, I, I still think that this is a defense that can hold their own and play good enough uh, to ultimately win this game if they get enough help from the other side of the ball. But granted, it's not, it hasn't been enough evidence to show that they're going to get the help that they need. They played good enough in some of these games down the stretch to win, and yet they didn't win. Um, so the defense is going to be relied on to make a lot of the big-time plays in this game. They're going to be relied on to force some turnovers this week. Uh, they're going to be relied on to potentially have to score a touchdown in this game. They're going to at least or nothing else give the offense some really good field position a couple of times in this game. They're, they're going to have to show that they're the best unit on the field. And a lot of people continue to talk about, you know, the Trent Dilfer year and how the Ravens going <laughs> Like, okay, if you want to go back to them, then you're going to have to get that same type of defense that they had back in 2000. And as good as this defense is right now, they're not playing to that level, you know. And I would say that it's tough to play at that level in this day and age in the NFL because the rules are so much more yep. favorable for the offense than they were yep. back in 2000. And you look at the quarterbacks that were – I mean, the Ravens played against Kerry Collins in the Super Bowl that year you look at the look at the quarterback pool in the AFC alone right now you're going up against a special group of quarterbacks you you can't just go out there and say uh our defense and you know uh, uh a quarterback that's just going to manage the game is going to be enough granted Jamal Lewis was a was a stud back then maybe J.K. Dobbins can have a similar type of effect uh, on the ground, but I, I just feel like the landscape of the NFL is totally different now than it was then. A great defense and a dominant run game would possibly be enough to get you through the playoffs back then. I just don't know if that's going to be enough right now to necessarily get you all the way to the Super Bowl and ultimately win a Super Bowl with your backup and third string quarterback. But if it's going to happen, this defense is going to have to play out of their minds right now and maybe they can't you know Roquan the the big money man you know he's got a little more extra motivation coming his way so he seems like he's got a little extra pep in his step uh and I don't know how much more pep he can get the dude does everything at 100 miles per hour but uh he just seems like he's locked in which he always does I think this defense as a whole uh, I, I think last week did give them confidence that they can go out there and bully these guys. And to be honest with you, the way that the Bengals are crying, it almost yep. plays into the Ravens' hands. Like, look, absolutely, we, we, we didn't even go out there and really give them, you know, everything we got. And they're already crying, you know, off the couple of love taps that we gave them. And, you know, you, you said it earlier, you felt like, the beef is really between this defense and the Bengals offense. I think in large part due to the Bengals offense have been the ones that have done all the talking through the offseason. It's the receivers that were going on the podcast running their mouths. It was Joe Burrow, and, and Joe Burrow. running his mouth and uh, saying he loves playing the Ravens and everything. So you can't expect to go and go on this whole you know world tour of podcast and run your mouth about a team that you play twice in a year and think that nothing's going to come to you on the other end. The Bengals are talking, you know, acting like they they got something for this defense or, some, you know, they're going to give them something back on Sunday night. I hope they're ready to receive it uh, as well because I, I don't think that the Ravens' defense is going to back down. And I'm not necessarily saying that the Bengals are going to back down either. I think that this is just what you get 
when you have a division rivalry and you're in a situation now where these teams are going to be playing each other for the third time this year, the, you know, the animosity is through the roof at this point. It's a matter of who's going to be able to channel that energy and use it to kind of give them the momentum boost they need. Yeah. And if they thought that, you know, the Ravens were chippy or, you know, whatever. Marcus Peters didn't even play exactly. uh, on Sunday. Yeah. And he's yeah. probably their biggest trash talker yeah. and, you know, their their biggest fiery, the most fiery dude on that defense. So you had to look, I have talked about, you know, Marcus Peters struggles this year. Everybody knows it's well documented, but I think it's safe to say that Marcus Peters is better than Worley, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so you had a time picking on Worley. Good for you. You know what I mean? But Marcus Peters is going to be back on Sunday and, you know, it's going to make, it's going to raise the stakes just a little bit in Mm. terms of this trash talking. We also saw Calais Campbell come back on Sunday and, you know, immediately, I I think Joe Mixon only had 55 yards rushing or something like that. So this is a guy that, you know, really is a part of this offense. He, he keeps the balance in that offense and really didn't have anything going on Sunday, which we've been talking about for weeks, the importance of Calais Campbell on that defensive line. And you're right, because losing their second offensive lineman really could, you know, affect what, you know, what they're trying to do. And if you start adding more snaps for a job, which I, I have to assume that you would, it's playoff time, you know what I'm saying? And trying to do what you can to rush the passer, this might be interesting. Now, what they did last week was Joe Burrow really was keeping drives alive with his feet. And the Ravens really have to find a way to finish these drives, to finish these these plays, because they were getting the pressure. The pressure was there. He just kept escaping them. So they have to find a way to, to make sure that he doesn't escape out of these plays and close the deal with some sacks. But ultimately, I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, they have to be the ones that are going to have to catapult whatever type of uh, you know game this is going to be if they're going to get a win I think they can do that too you know um and so this will be exciting to see because like we both have said it's the the Bengals offense against the Ravens defense that have done most well the, the Ravens defense has not said anything the Bengals offense has been the one that's been doing all the talking so you know the Ravens defense is just putting their head down and they, they they're just getting ready to play as they should you mm. know um, and so it'll be interesting. I definitely think that some extra hot sauce is going to be added to, you know, some plays and we might hear some more whining, but, uh, you know, I think that one team just want, wants to talk about it. I'm not saying that they're not about it because we know that that team has gone to the Super Bowl already, but one team wants to complain and talk about it. And the other team just wants to be about it, about it. So we will find out who's going to win that match, uh, on Sunday night.